Wow, that was fun. Merry Nixmas to all of you. Um, that was exactly what we wanted, needed, and got. The Knicks defeat the Bucks on Christmas Day in a 129-122 victory at Madison Square Garden in front of the entire world on national TV, ESPN. Chris Rock in attendance, Tracy Morgan, the usuals. 50 Cent went to the game, sat with Fat Joe. Carmelo Anthony made an appearance, and the Knicks win. They make a statement, perhaps. They, 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 they pick up the win. We'll talk more about the statement win stuff and all that later. I feel like people use that term very loosely, but that was a very good win. And let's discuss it here on episode 598. Merry Christmas to all. Hope you all had a fantastic Christmas holiday uh, with your family, with whoever you spent it with. And it's, as I record, it's the night of um, December 26th. So it's the night after Christmas as I'm recording this. And we're going to talk about this Knicks-Bucks game right now. Ep 598 of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. Let's talk about it, man. Episode 598. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, the Knicks beat the Bucks. Finally, we can say that. Finally. Uh, took four games. They did it. They finally beat the Milwaukee Bucks, snapping a, I believe, a nine-game losing streak against the Bucks. Um, Jesus. They do have one more against this team, I think, in April. To conclude this five-game series against each other, um, but for now we're done with the Bucks, and <laughs> we needed that. And we're gonna get right into it. The Knicks win one twenty-nine to one twenty-two at the Garden last night over the Bucks, um, and it was almost a wire to wire. Um, I think maybe midway through the first quarter was the only Bucks lead. Um, and then from there, it was all Knicks. You know, you had R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson strong out the gate, scoring the Knicks' first 24 points of the game. Later on, you get some baskets from Randall and Quickly. 
And the Knicks enter the second quarter up 36-27. Randall stretches that to a 13-point lead with an early three in the second. Uh, then the bench kind of gets silent. Um, the ball stops. Lillard gets very hot. Um, but the Knicks able to maintain a lead when Randall and Brunson knock down a couple late three-pointers in the second in the uh, second quarter. And then it's 62-51 entering halftime. The Knicks up. Third quarter, Isaiah Hartenstein was on one early. He was scoring the ball. Gets into foul trouble, though. Uh, and then the Knicks kind of get into a little bit of a rut. Milwaukee goes on this 9-0 run. But late in the period, again, the Nova guards come through this time. Brunson and Hart with some big baskets late. And the Knicks, after three, go up 98-87. And then you get some massive baskets in the fourth quarter from the bench. Grimes with the N1 take. Uh, Josh Hart. And then quickly take it over this game for a period there in the fourth. Jalen Brunson knocks down a few more baskets in the period. Uh, Milwaukee does make a little late push. They cut the lead to six, but it never got lower than that. And so the Knicks were able to pull away with the victory over the Bucks one last time, 122. I'm sorry, 129 to 122. Uh, the Knicks' leading scorer in this game was Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson had 38 points. And the Milwaukee's leading scorers were Damon Giannis with 32. Um, but yeah, to be able to score 129 points against this Milwaukee team was was nice to see. The Knicks shot 54% from the floor as well. And you can see in this game that Milwaukee, Adrian Griffin's coverages were exploited. Brunson was able to take care of it uh, because with Brooke Lopez in a deep drop for most of the game, Brunson was just attacking it with mid-range, you know, jumpers, floaters, and it, <laughs> he just he exploited. I mean, you know, Bobby Portis was kind of like the only one to come to the level on pick and roll. Um, and then once the second half came, Milwaukee blitzed a little more. They brought Giannis up. They sent two to Brunson. But for the most part, this game, Milwaukee was in mostly drop uh, with Brooke Lopez dropping deep. And Brunson just took total advantage of that, and he was in his back. I mean, he, he showed so much of his scoring ability in this game because of the space that Lopez was giving him off those screens. He was pulling up off of horn sets, I think I saw. He was rejecting screens and attacking the open lane, you know, uh, and, and the Nick Biggs did an excellent job of screening for him. iHeart, Taj Gibson, they did fantastic jobs up top uh, to open up offense for the Nick guards. You know, Brunson, but also RJ and Quickly using their ball screens as well. You know, in the second half, you had iHeart screening for uh, Emmanuel Quickly a number of times for some baskets. Uh, third quarter, right away, RJ snakes the pick and roll. He hits iHeart off the roll. And the Knicks get the N1 with the iHeart finish. So I thought he screened very well, Taj. Um, there was just, there was a lot of synergy out there last night. Or yesterday, this was a 12 p.m. game. You know, just a lot of 
knowing where this guy's going to be on the floor at this time, and they all played well together. Um, just great team ball. There was a lot of ball movement, 27 assists. Four Knicks had at least four assists, five with three plus. And just, yeah, right away you could tell the Knicks made a true effort to push the pace and get the ball up the floor early. Now, that's why they won the fast break, 23 points to 12. Um, you know, they went to R.J. Barrett early in transition as the hot hand. And that's how that's how R.J. gets going right there, right? That's how he scores. When the Knicks default to half-court play, the game gets slower. R.J. is not as effective. But if you want to be able to beat a team like Milwaukee, you have to create those easy baskets. You force turnovers, and you get those easy looks in transition. And that's exactly what the Knicks were doing last night. Yesterday. I keep saying last night. Yesterday. Oops. Um... And the second half, it was I mean, it was the same thing. They just kept pushing. They found Randall a lot in the fast break in the second half. Um, Hart and Quickly were working the two-man game in transition. Um, and, you know, because they were working so well in transition, the Knicks were able to dominate the paint 72-50. to 50. A lot of that came in those opportunities. Um, but also, you know, when they were in the half court, of course, Brunson attacking the hoop, um, you know, Switches, ISO, Randall getting to the basket. And the half-court offense was great, too. It's not like the half-court offense was bad, so they had to run. No, the Knicks actually had their half-courts, their half-court offense working for them. You know, Tibbs ran sets. Tom Thibodeau ran sets. And there were a number of possessions where I thought the offense looked very sharp, uh, where Tibbs dug into his playbook and, and made something very, um, and drew up something very effective. You know, late in the second quarter, I don't know, about four and a half minutes left, Tibbs draws up a nice set play that ends with the iHeart floater, right? Where Dante hits Brunson up top on the right wing. RJ comes up. Dante relocates to the left wing. Brunson hits RJ. RJ hits Dante, who begins to cut from the left wing. Dante, one dribble drive, dumps it off to iHeart in the middle, and then iHeart floats it in. I thought that was a very nice play. And then a few minutes later, Thibodeau designs a cut for Randall to go to the basket. Dante hits Randall coming from the weak side and getting downhill to a strong hand against Giannis. Um... I thought that was a nice job to get Randall in his momentum going that way. Um, there were, of course, a couple of possessions where Randall and Dante were working together, as they usually do work together well. Um, a little after that play, the Knicks ran a slob action, and they executed it to perfection. Dante inbounds it to Taj, who comes up to the level. Randall sets a weak side screen for RJ. RJ comes up from the weak side corner around the screen, receives the ball from Taj and DHO at the top of the key, and the two of them, DHO, into a pick and roll where RJ floats it in. So that was nice to see. Early third quarter, right off the gate, there was an excellent play where Brunson fakes a dribble handoff. Uh, Brunson's on the ball in the corner, and I think, in, uh, was it Dante? He and Dante come to each other. Brunson fakes DHO, 
Lillard and Middleton both bite. And then Brunson now has an easy pathway uh, to the basket, dumps it off to iHeart, who finishes. So there was a lot, man. You know, there was a lot of, um, there was some guard-guard screening, right? Second quarter, you saw quickly screening for Randall to force the switch with Beasley on to Randall. Then Randall hits IQ. IQ beats Giannis's closeout for a floater. There was a lot of offense, a lot of moving parts, a lot of different um, half-court actions that were being run. So I I just want to, you know, credit Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks for executing there. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, while, while we're talking about Tom Thibodeau, how about the death lineup, <laughs> right? The death lineup. There was a lot of success with that Brunson, Quickly, Hart, Randall, and then insert big here lineup. Um, excuse me. In this game, the Knicks actually outscored the Bucks 42-29 with this lineup. Um, I'm taking away the two free throws when they checked in. Um, but yeah, they went to it a number of times in this game. Late first quarter, you saw the Knicks go with this four-man tandem and they had success, um, or four-man group. Um, they saw extended time together in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter later on as well. They, they played well together and... It was a. It's been a pivotal lineup for them all year, and it was very pivotal in this game to assure that Milwaukee never really got on a run, or if they did get on a run, this kind of ended any type of momentum, right? Whenever they gained momentum in the second half, like when they had that 9-0 run, it was exactly when this lineup checked in that that 9-0 run ended at 9, you know? You had Brunson and quickly start getting to the free throw line, and the Knicks were playing good defense at that point. Hart got hot at the end there, three consecutive baskets. So that's their go-to lineup when, when they're in trouble. It's a lineup that I think we all want to see a little more. Um, it's it's good, especially when you have iHeart at center because of his movement and his passing ability. He's able to space out the floor that way. And, and I like when quickly plays with Josh Hart. Because it both of them are great in transition and it, it helps pick up the pace instead of again settling into the half court where Milwaukee will they'll throw length that quickly and then he'll just start to over dribble like he did in the first game of this set. But because he was out there with Hart, both of them were able to generate offense in uh, in transition. Like I said, so they worked well together. Uh, credit to iHeart as well. His positioning and movement helped create a lot of offense for the Knicks. You know, either w- w- whether it was for himself or for Jalen Brunson. Because with Lopez, Brooke Lopez, he was either worried about losing track of a Hartenstein off, um, off the ball because of his cutting and moving ability. So, you know, Milwaukee wouldn't send help from the basket. That allowed Brunson to post. Um and if he did help on Brunson, well, that's when I heart, you know, reigned free and got his points. He scored 11 points last night. So I thought it was good. Um, the only time the offense stopped and got lackluster was that period in the second quarter when Milwaukee threw his zone and the bench unit became very Randall-centric. Randall had some tough misses, some fouls, some over-dribbling turnovers. Um, he was out there with Taj, Grimes, Brunson, and Hart. Um, the only reason he was out there with those guys being, again, Tom Thibodeau, just like in the first game of the set, trying to stagger Randall's minutes 
so he can match his minutes with Giannis. Um, but the Knicks were able to survive that with, with some nice baskets by R.J. Barrett, you know, in, in the later half of the second quarter. Um, RJ's always been good at busting the zone because he's constantly flashing middle, flashing to the nail or to the top of the key. And it's exactly what you got here. You know, the first bucket he made, he flashes to the nail, pulls up for a mid-range. Second one was that sideline out-of-bounds play we mentioned where he gets to the basket. Um, So, yeah, I thought the offense was fantastic, and it continues to be a strength for this Knicks team as the defense... um, you know, regresses. Uh, but the defense last night, I, they didn't play great overall. Um, but I thought they helped set the tone, giving the Knicks that momentum in the first half. Entering halftime, for the Knicks to be up 9 or 10 points, whatever it was, that was because of their defense. So I think that's going to get overlooked. Um, it was the reason why the Knicks were able to thrive on the fast break. Right, they forced turnovers and created those transition opportunities. They they rebounded the ball exceptionally well on the defensive end. Um, all you know, the offensive rebounding was they got torched there. Um, that's you know again a product of missing Mitchell Robinson. But the Knicks did win the defensive glass thirty four twenty seven. You had Julius and Josh Hart attacking the glass on that end. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein was boxing out effectively. The Knicks did a nice job of tagging their assignments. Um, I thought Dante DiVincenzo, you know, we, we've talked about his issues defending on ball, but he held his own at the point of attack, I, I thought, on Dame Lillard. Um, there was a possession early in the first quarter where uh, I just want to applaud Dante DiVincenzo because he was hounding the ever-loving shit out of Dame up top, just staying in front of him, going over the screen. He forced Dame into a turnover, which led to that fast break from Brunson to Dante to RJ. Um, so Dante was a big reason that Dame started this game over five. Um, of course, he's Dame Lillard, so he's going to eventually find his 30, uh, which he did. But I thought Dante did as best as he could. And if there's one thing, he definitely doesn't... Um, if there's one thing that doesn't waver is his effort. So he, he was busting his ass out there at the point of attack, and I thought he held his own. Um, and overall, the Knicks were playing up at the level on pick and roll in this game. They didn't just default to a drop uh, like they did in the first game of the set. Tibbs made adjustments, you know. Uh, there were some times where Randall didn't come up off pick and roll and, you know, times where he was off ball and would abandon Lopez on the three-point line. Um there was even a possession where Dante DiVincenzo was helping too far off the corner and was, I don't think he made the shot, but, you know, point being, there were a couple miss miss breakdowns. Um, but for the most part, I like the approach. You know, the Knicks were playing up. I Hart was coming up to the level. Josh Hart was in a few pick and rolls. He was coming up to the level. The Knicks did get hurt a little bit on the 1-4 pick and roll in the second half, but by then it was a little too late. Um, Their offense was already clicking with that four-man tandem, like we said. Um, Milwaukee overall on the three-point line finally regressed, and it's not a coincidence that it's in the one game where Tom Thibodeau doesn't drop on pick and roll. They shoot 31%, and they're 13 for 42 overall, so... Nice to have the Bucks 
not shoot 60% in a game for once against the Knicks. Um, before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to Taj Gibson. Since he's played, since he was re, uh, re-signed, brought back, I'm not loving his minutes. But I thought in this game he was very solid. <laughs> I mean, he checks in there in the first half and immediately just displays some great hands where he's able to pick Giannis twice. Um, overall, I thought he did a very nice job of reading Giannis's drives. He knows that Giannis is going to drive left, spin right. And he did a nice job reading that, and it worked. And so he held his own. When Hartenstein was in foul trouble, he held his own. And he was able to give you, I don't know, what did he give him, 15 effective minutes? So good for Hartenstein. We're going to head to break. Um, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we liked from this game. We'll talk on Tom Thibodeau, and then we'll talk on, uh, we'll hand out our awards. So we'll be right back here on BD4 episode 598. Stay with us. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 598 of BD4. The Knicks beat the Bucks 129-122 last night at Madison Square Garden. Um, and you got to like what you saw from everybody, including Tom Thibodeau. Um, I like that Tom Thibodeau didn't just stick with his game plan. You know, didn't just stick to his script. But he adjusted within the flow of the game. That's not something he always does, obviously. But again, he leaned on that death lineup very often, and it worked. So he stuck with it. Um, matching Randall's minutes with Giannis, that helped. And again, adjusting coverages after getting burnt the first night of this series and you know, honestly the first three games, that helped too. Um, there was you know some question about his decisions in the fourth quarter. RJ sat most of the fourth quarter. I had no issue with that. But there was the issue with his decision to pull Emmanuel quickly. Of course, that bothers people because, first of all, people are never going to give credit to Tibbs even after a win. They're always going to find something to pick at. Uh, but the, the quickly thing has been a conversation all year with the minutes decrease. Um, yeah, the final three minutes of the game, Tibbs pulls quickly out for some size, which is probably why he went to RJ, not Grimes, in those minutes. Um, it didn't work. This was, you know, when Milwaukee went on that little run. Um I understand the frustration. Josh Hart plays 31 minutes in this game. Uh, quickly plays 22 minutes. You know, and, and how many times are we going to see Quickly score, you know, almost as many points as he does minutes, right? Um, he had 20 points in 22 minutes last night. But I, I do feel like we have to find a closer balance 
because they both, again, they play well off of each other. You know, so I feel like quickly should be closer to 30 than he is to 25. Uh, we need to find a way to get him back up there. But you knew this was going to be a problem. You knew with the logjam at guard, you knew with the size being an issue, that this was more of a roster construction thing than it is a coaching thing. Um, I've mentioned this before. I beg and hope and pray that this isn't something as disgusting as optics and politics, and they're trying to diminish his value by playing him less as he's a restricted free agent coming up. Um, my guess right now is I'm not going to go there yet, but I'm just, it's something that I'm thinking about. Um, again, I just think it's, we have a lot of guards. We're a small team and you're playing the Bucks, Middleton, Brooke, Giannis, you need size. So that's it. I thought Tibbs coached a great game. Um, Let's hand out our awards. Uh, among the starting Knicks, obviously we're going to Jalen Brunson. Bing bang. Jalen Brunson last night, yesterday, 38 points. Again, the night after scoring 36. 38 points, 6 assists, no turnovers. Love that. Shot 54%, 15 out of 28 from the field. 1 of 3 from 3, 33% continues to just do his thing. He's up to 26 points per game on the season, dude. I mean, what else is there left to say? Like, obviously, I hope this kid makes the All-Star game. Um, if you're into that, good for you. I don't pay attention to that. I never really voted for that stuff. I know Knicks fans are going to kill me if they hear me say that. I, I, I don't know. If I come across it, sure, I'll click a few buttons. But I'm more, I'm more focused on I would love for him to make an All-NBA team. That, to me, matters. It's not the fan shit that I care about. All-NBA is a legitimate accomplishment. Um, that'd be great to see him make the, make one of those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's making a case for the All-Star team. And he should be, you know. Uh, it's nice to see him put up some big-time efforts after those comments were made. And then last night, to get the big win at the Garden, be the best player on the floor, the 1A, on ESPN, where it happened... It was just awesome. It was icing on the cake. So, yeah, I mean, if you watch the game, man, it showed you all you need to know about Brunson, how deep his bag is. Um, and if you listened to the game, you paid attention to Hubie Brown, he was saying it all. You know, he said it best regarding Brunson's footwork, his incredible mid-range ability, hunting switches, going ISO, going to the post, crafty finishes. See, he was doing it all. It's really impressive to watch him go to work. Um, so Jalen Brunson obviously gets the game ball last night and that makes him, let's see, where does that put him? He's got 11 game balls now on the season to lead the starting unit, but he doesn't lead the Knicks because the guy who leads the Knicks, Jalen Brunson, uh, Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel quickly, Emmanuel quickly because he plays with the bench. Leads the Knicks in, in game balls this year. And he gets another one last night. I keep saying last night, folks. <laughs> he got another one yesterday after scoring 20 points on 7-10 shooting. It's 2-4 of four from four uh, from 3. There will be a 4-point line soon. Um, I loved his offense, of course. I loved his defense. You know, and I feel like every night 
there's at least one sequence that pops out at you where you look at quickly and you're like, wow, this guy, that 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 play right there was the microcosm of his defensive brilliance. Um, and there was a play where he was off the ball. This was maybe in the second half where he makes an excellent hedge onto Pat Connington. Then he rotates back over to Bobby Portis in the corner and then forces the turnover on Portis by drawing the offensive charge. And that, of course, led to Brunson getting the N1 on the next possession for the Knicks. Um, just, we say it all the time, he's always everywhere at once. His off-ball defense, his ability to rotate and cover for his teammates if they miss assignments, he's great. Uh, but, of course, the offense was there. Good to see the shot there last night. We know he's streaky, but quickly on the year, averaging 15 points on 45%. So not bad. Not bad at all. Um, And, yeah, that's we're, we're going to keep this short. It's Christmas. It's the holidays. I don't want to ramble too long. Um, Great, great win. The Knicks continue to just do enough right now. They stay afloat. Um, they, they do the job, you know. They, they did exactly what we asked. I just needed one of these two. I was begging that we finally got our win against the Bucks. Take one or two this weekend. I was saying, take one or two, take one or two in my damn sleep. They took it. They got the job done, and they, and they took the one that you wanted them to take, right? They took the one in front of the world on national TV on Christmas Day and not the one that nobody was paying attention to. Um, so they continued to get the job done, and, you know, again... Anytime things get a little shaky, scary, they find a way to calm you down. You know, they, they've won three of their last four. The Knicks haven't had a losing streak since December 8th, knock on wood, when they lost to Boston and Milwaukee. Um, in all year, they've rarely had any losing streaks, the longest being just two games, and that's barely happened. Which, which again, that speaks to their ability to always rebound after a bounce, after a loss. So this, in my opinion, was the best win of the year. This was the statement game. Um, again, people, it, it's they use that term very loosely. You know, I like to save those, and, and I call, I like to call it a signature win. And in my opinion, the Knicks this year have two signature wins. Everybody likes to throw every win as a signature win. No. that's A signature win is rare. And I've got the Knicks, so far we're 29 games in. I've got them with two signature wins. I have the 19-point fourth quarter comeback against Miami in there. And now this was the second one with a Christmas Day win over the Milwaukee Bucks. So, OKC is now next. You're going there. Uh, you got to face Chet, SGA. It's going to be tough, but I will say it's it's this next stretch coming up here. It's a three-game road trip. OKC, Orlando, Indiana to finish off the year. I'm not too concerned about it. You know, I think the Knicks will be able to take two. I think that should be the goal, to to take at least two. Um, you got Indiana coming back down to earth. They're a joke. I don't take them serious. Allie Burton plays on a mediocre team. Who cares? Um, they play zero defense. They play zero defense. They play no defense. So good luck getting in that way. Uh, they're a terrible 14-14 and 14 on the year. I just don't take that team serious. I don't know why they get so much respect from the media and then the Knicks here 
So it was the same talking point. Uh, Orlando, that's after OKC. I had them as a sleeper entering the season. And they're playing like it. They're playing very well. Uh, but they're not a team that terrifies me. I think the Knicks can defeat them. Uh, they, they can take care of them. Uh, and then OKC. That's going to be the swing game for me. Tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. That could go either way. But again, these three games, the Knicks play hard. I think they can take care of it. Um, and, and these are important games for the standings, right? The Knicks currently have the number six seed now at 17 and 12. Uh, Orlando's number four, Miami's number five. But both of them are only half of a game above the Knicks. So if the Knicks get hot, they lose a game, all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing the Knicks in the four seed, five seed. Uh, but if the Knicks start losing games and all of a sudden they're on the outside looking in because on the flip side, they're also just a half game above Cleveland from the seven spot. And Indiana, who, again, they play this week, are that number eight seed. Just two games back in the loss column. So these are important games coming up. And, you know, I don't want to standing watch this early, but I'm just saying I hate being content with where things are. I always like to look ahead and, and focus on what's important. But we'll see. Um and that's it. We're going to head to our final break, and then we'll get back and wrap this up with our trivia in our parlay, which we did for this game. So stay with us. We'll be right back. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show, episode 598 of BD4. We're going to wrap this one up, but before we do, we got two more segments to go. We're going to get to our trivia and then our parlay. Um, hope everybody had a great Christmas. Um, and hey, I had an excellent Christmas. I, I got this new shirt that I'm wearing now. If you're watching the video edit of the show, um, I got from my brother, very generous. I got a um, John Boy Media windbreaker. I got new sneakers. I got family treats you well, man. I got some good stuff, and I'm blessed. And, and you know, Fanatics gift card, DoorDash gift card because I'm a fat fuck. Um, I got Knicks tickets. That I'm, You know what? I'm probably going to hang them here. Um, that'd be a good idea, right? <laughs> it is, It is. you know, I got to lock the window, but um, 
Yeah, it's a good. It's it was a good Christmas, and of course, you know, the icing on the cake, being able to see my family and hang out and everything. And I'm gonna start. I don't know why. Whenever, like, late December comes around Christmas time, I always start watching Sopranos. I know it's nothing to do with Christmas, but I just it always comes into my head. It always just pops in my head. Um, so I think I'm gonna start watching the entire Sopranos series again because it's it's one of my it's one of my top two shows of all time, right there with Breaking Bad. I always go back and forth with with which one I like better. But I um I'm definitely gonna watch Sopranos. Excuse me, I'm gonna I'm gonna start that series over again tonight in bed. So that'll be fun. But um yeah, I've been watching a lot of Home Alone this holiday season. Elf. Polar Express, Christmas Vacation, all that good stuff. And um, I hope everybody else had a good season as well. And as we head into the new year, good things to come. So let's wrap this up once and for all with our trivia, and then we'll get to our parlay. Um, Let's get to our trivia first. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And um, drew a blank. For this episode, episode 598, our NYYNYK MMA trivia question of the day. As you can see, for this episode, if you're watching the video, it is. The Knicks had four players with 20 plus points yesterday. In the last 50 years, how many times has that been done on Christmas Day? All right. So one final time. The Knicks had four players with 20-plus points yesterday. In the last 50 years, how many times has that been done on Christmas Day? So with that said, let's wrap this up with our trivia next. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down last night's big parlay. If I win, I always fuck that up. I gotta have a script in front of me. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I win, I'll probably lose it all the next night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, and in this episode we're breaking down a three pick same game parlay from this Knicks game at plus 104 where we had Randall scoring 20 points or more Barrett scoring 20 I'm sorry Barrett producing 20 plus points rebounds and assists combined and quickly producing 14 plus points rebounds or assists combined And we cashed it because all three of those picks hit. The unfortunate thing was we also used that money and doubled down on the Phoenix Suns Dallas Mavericks nightcap um, where I had Suns money line, KD going for 45 PRA, and (laughs) it was just a disaster. None of those picks hit. 
Um, but at least we saw a W in the win column yesterday on Christmas Day. Um, and that'll be it. That'll be it. I appreciate you all stopping by. Final score, 129-122, the Knicks over the Bucks, And um, we'll talk after this OKC game. We're going to try to get a Yankees episode out. I know we said we have one. Talking about the Yamamoto stuff, what's next. But been busy, as you yo, can understand. But uh, we'll we'll try to get one out soon. Got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff coming here on the pod. So the Knicks win, the Bucks lose. Good to see. We'll see you in five ninety nine. After Knicks, OKC. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you, and we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks!